the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A state of control. This is a state of control, episode number 10, recorded Tuesday, May 6th, 2014. AV is nicer than IT. A state of control is brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products and their TechPed technology pedestals. Middle Atlantic Products, what great systems are built on. This is the State of Control, your monthly podcast all about the control and automation segment of the AV industry. Good afternoon. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host. With us this week, as always, Steve Greenblatt, uh, the chief everything at Control Concepts and the producer extraordinaire and the host of this program. How are you, sir? Great, great, great. Glad to have another episode going. Absolutely. Good to see you. Uh, also with us is Dan Feldstein. Dan is the uh, newly minted COO of Crestron Electronics. Hello, sir. How are you, Tim? I am well. Also with us is James Maltese. James is the president of Audiovisual Resources. How are you, James? Very well. How about you guys? Good. And last but not least, uh, my brother from, you know, a previous mother, Rich Fergoza from FergozaDesign.com. How are you, sir? Happy Seiso de Mayo. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was Cinco de Mayo, so. Yeah, you know, it was the programmer's version. We're always a day late. Uh, so uh, I guess it would be one zero. Never mind. I'm not going to do that joke. Uh, programmer's binary joke. Never mind. Uh, all of our AV Nation podcasts are brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products and their TechPed technology pedestals. Middle Atlantic Products, what great systems are built on. This month, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about, honestly, education and, and the next generation of the AV professionals. Um, here's the thing, guys. One thing that we've all kind of learned and, and gone over the last couple of months and you know, the last couple of, couple of years, really, is the fact that we're not, none of us are getting younger, right? Um, actually, Steve and I were talking on the phone yesterday. I hit 40 this year, which is, which is an interesting age, because suddenly you realize that, you know what, you're, you're in a certain demographic that you're no longer, uh, you know, the little, the little radio, the little boxes you fit in, fill in, or, you know, and now I'm 40 to 45 or 45 to 50, you know, 40 to 50 or whatever. Uh, but there are, are people coming up under us that need to learn this and, and that need to... Um, that need to, you know, learn not only what we know, right, but also take what they're learning currently. There are people that are in, in college learning c- computer programming and, and electrical engineering that will learn what all five of us had to learn in, in this in, on the street in the school of hard knocks, as it were. Uh, so, Steve, first of all, we'll kick it off with you. As we, as the industry continues to develop, and as people like coders like us and and, and people who work in the industry. Um, get older and and mature and, and get wiser hopefully how do we how do we bring on new talent how do we convince those those folks that are that are taking you know computer engineering classes or electrical engineering classes to join uh, the world of, of automation and, and control and so the funny thing is to start you know I still feel like one of the young guys <laughs> so we, we, which kind of means that there that there we're, we're still there there's still uh, the, the forefathers let's call it or the or the you know the older generation is still present and 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 involved in the industry. So so there is a little bit of, of a 
I think probably we're looking at the third generation almost of, of AV that, that you know uh, to, to fill the those shoes, and um, it's been something that that I, I as uh, you know in, in my position and and many you know almost about 20 years I think of being in the industry now uh, have always seen that we we're going to have this need to to continually bring people in fortunately we've been flourishing and you know for one of the options is is bringing in interns um, another option is is to uh, ju just uh, get people to understand how special what we do is and you know I like to tell people that we we've become a, a just a, a certain a, a, a particular part of the computer industry and and I think that more so now uh, the the uh, the average person can relate to what we do, especially on the control side, carrying around phones and touch screens and so forth. It used to be this foreign thing that I don't actually touch the screen. So it's, um, you know, I, I think more and more so we just we, we just have to play up the excitement of what we do, how it really touches people's lives, and, and how it it really is something that to be appreciated. Uh, Dan, from from a manufacturer standpoint, someone who makes control products, how do you how do you think that that not only yourself because you have to hire coders and programmers, there are people that that write the programs that that the three of us use to, to program Crestron systems, but how do you guys recruit and how do you you know when you're talking to to the integrators um, that you that you deal with your your customers, how do you suggest to them that they recruit? Uh, people, whether it's out of college or it's you know uh, they they find somebody along the way that's that's not necessarily in quote unquote AV, but they're interested in in in, in the in the industry. Well, something we've done uh, in in recent years, we had the problem of we kind of ran out of engineers to hire, and what we started doing was we started a, a more heavy focus on an intern program. So we started recruiting from the colleges, local colleges, the top uh, engineering schools, trying to bring those kids in, uh, bring them on board for the summer after their junior year or, or uh, sophomore year even. Uh, then we could kind of get a feel for what they could do. And it, it was a good way for us to, to see these kids when they were young and then kind of have our pick of the top talent when they graduated. Uh, ideally, if they had a good experience, we could make them an offer, and and hopefully they would come on board full time, and and that's been working out well. But but the trick for that to work is you can't just hire kids and, and throw them in front of a computer and say start coding stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know, and I know that's been a problem for years in the AV industry, where uh, companies the the old guard, perhaps, they would say, okay, I need a programmer. Okay, let me go hire a comp sci kid, and here's my programmer. And and it doesn't work if, if you don't train them, if you don't mentor them, if you don't bring them up to understand what is this industry, what do we do here. So part of our the success of our intern program is we we also created a mentor mentoring program, and that's not the managers. That's kind of a middle level of programmer. Uh, the people who have already been working here maybe four or five years so that they can help those those younger guys kind of understand the culture sort of uh, and and help them get up to speed a little faster uh, you know I think as that relates to the AV industry you can't just drop a comp sci kid in send them to Crestron training for example and expect them to to come out and know how to make an AV system work 
they have to, you know, send them out in the field, let them run wires, let them uh, see what a failed system looks like, and have them work with other programmers to, to kind of get a handle on, on what it means to be an AV programmer, because not all programmers are created equal. So it's just as important that they understand the science and the, the ins and outs and the logic flow as it is to understand what this system looks like when it's all put together and wired together and how it's actually going to function, not just the back end. Right, absolutely. Uh, Rich, you have famously said that, that you're still a, a VCR repairman uh, <laughs> or a VCR in, install technician. That's how you started, right? You, you started, you know, back in, not, not putting too much age on you, but you're about the same age as I am. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago and um, take your, your, your journey, right, into AV and transplant it into somebody today. Would you suggest somebody, like, like Dan said, you know, grab somebody who's, who's uh, computer science or electrical engineering and, and kind of walk, you know, walk through them through how an AV system works? Or is it more or less, you know, people just find their way into AV and that's okay because that's the way we've always done it. I mean, there's not really an AV degree, right? And I apologize, there are a couple of, of associate's degrees around, around the country that I'm aware of, one's in, in Madison, uh, Wisconsin. But for the most part, there's not really, quote, unquote, a, a bachelor's degree in AV uh, with a focus maybe on, on control systems. So how, how would you, you know, me, or a mentor or, or con, uh, 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 you know, counsel a person who's looking to get into AV? Well, I, you know, I mean, the issue that we've always had is we've always felt that our industry has kind of had a bit of an identity crisis, um, especially this side of the business, the control programming business. Um, you know, if you take somebody in with a computer science degree, you know, they're used to dealing with a computer. And a computer at this point relates to either two devices, a, a, a web page or something shows up on a web page or a mobile app. And those are very specific iterations of what they're doing in terms of what they're coding. With our industry, you're bridging so many more things. And Part of the kind of the identity crisis is that you know we're we're sort of with IT but we're not we're still in the AV side but we're not because now we're talking to AV and but we also have all of these other disparate subsystems that we're working with again you know we we constantly use the term AV but how many of the people here just touch the AV side I mean I mean you know, the running joke was we we're always the VCR repairman because it was the easiest thing for people to relate to you know obviously in residential it's like yeah and that thing that's broken I make it turn on and off. But realistically, if you think about it, part of what you're looking for isn't necessarily, you need the skill set to be able for anybody that you're bringing in to be able to say, I, I have the ability to learn. I have the ability to reach certain milestones in terms of my logic path. Somebody who's going to be more engineering minded is going to be probably a better fit than somebody who came with, you know, a liberal arts degree. Of course, then I came from film school, so I kind of blew that. <laughs> yeah, but you're from California. That's a different path altogether. It, it, it's the West Coast vibe, man. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it, from the residential side, I mean, our industry was born out of, you know, we were all in bands and singing. We just needed a day job. And that's how most of us started. Uh, and and the industry kind of grew out from that. The commercial side was a little bit more established, but speaking to the resi side, we were making it up as we went along. I mean, it was truly rock and roll sometimes. It was just, you know, it was like, let's put on a play. Let's figure it out. It's like, well, we needed to do this, and we need this to rise up out of the floor, and this needs to drop here, and can it be done? We're like, no idea. Let's go for it. So really when looking for people to come in and, and talking about interns, um, for me it's always been a matter of passion. 
you know, yeah. finding somebody who's passionate about this field because it is a lot of things that you need to learn on the fly. I mean, with, with a computer science degree, there's some pretty traditional steps at this point. You can become a developer. There are established languages. There are, you know, for, you know, there, there are the, um, some standards, you know, and not necessarily standards, but a lot of people use some established programming uh, languages. Oh, yeah. Ours are a little bit more proprietary, which is changing over time. But, you know, really what we found with, with these guys coming in is a matter of, it's not a matter of getting them through the ABCs of coding, step A, step B, step C. It's teaching them why you're doing it. It's teaching relationally, you know, where, where are you looking at everything from a construct? Not only the device itself, but the people that are dealing with it and how are they relating with it. And so for us, I mean, I, I, and it's kind of the reason why I entered this whole social media thing. You know, my biggest message has been about sharing the tribal knowledge. You know, we have all of this accumulated knowledge of a lot of us. We made it up as we went along. We, we truly did. We've made a lot of the mistakes. And so our responsibility at this point for people coming in is to say, here are the lessons that I've learned. I'm willing to impart these upon you so that you can move along much faster than I am. And you can keep up to pace with technology that's far different now than it was for me 20 years ago. And that's the, that's the biggest thing is that I think more now um, – the people coming in do need a, a better foundation in the computer sciences um, because everything that they are dealing with at this point isn't necessarily a dedicated device. You're dealing with a multi-purpose device, whether it's a laptop. A lot of the touch panels now have embedded programs yeah. in them. Um, you know, we obviously have mobile devices. We've got phones. We've got tablets, etc. And but the the same message has always been is that if they're passionate about it, there's a career. You can always find a career in this field. It's just a matter if you have the the passion, the aptitude, and the love for it. Because since it isn't a traditional field to enter into, um, you have to pick and choose the opportunities that present themselves to you. Makes sense. All right, all right, James. Both both Dan and and actually all three of them spoke to this. You've you've got these these young men and women who have got the knowledge, right? They've got the engineering degree, they're they're in, they're, they're comm sci um, students that are coming in as an internship. Rich said something that was interesting. He said, you know, you're looking for the passion. How do you identify people that you think will make it in this industry, that will make a career out of this industry, or at least, you know, make a good five or ten year run in the industry from someone who's just sitting there and, and you know, they know, and I almost said basic for crying out loud, they, they know, you know, C Sharp or, 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 or um, uh, C Plus or, or, you know, Java or whatever language you want to, you know, Python. How do you identify those folks as they're sitting across from you from you know, on your desk and you're looking at their resume, maybe you're looking at some of the programs that they've written, how do you identify those folks that you think can make it not just in your, in your company but in the industry? Yeah, I, I think Dan hit the nail right on the head is that it's not just a matter of being a great programmer. It's not just a matter of being um, really you know, passionate. You need a, a perfect mix of smarts, of hands-on desire, of... Uh, patience in front of a computer, um, of, of just wanting to learn the basics to, to make it. And that's excuse me, that's what uh, I think people have the, the biggest trouble with is that you, you know, you, you have a, like a, a, a roadie or something like that who is fantastic building wrecks and you bring him up but he's got no computer skills, no managerial skills or you've got a programmer who can do C plus, who can do you know everything out there under the sun with a, with a computer but they don't understand 
um, how complex an integrated AV system is. So you need someone with patience, with smarts, with hands-on. You know, it, it's 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 a perfect storm, really. And that's why I think to create the next generation, um, I don't know why it, it, it couldn't be a more respected field and, and be a, a full four-year bachelor's degree. I mean, you've got elements of architectural, of programming, of um, acoustics, of uh, electrical engineering. You know, you've, you've got a, 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 a perfect palette for a four-year degree, and I think it would take a, a large industry push from all of us to, to start it. You know, like you said, there are a lot of associate's degrees out there, and they're fine. You know, there are some, um, a lot of industry certifications that you can get, but to grow the next generation who are ready to dive in, I, I don't see what's stopping someone from making a four-year degree. There, there, there's too much fun there. There, there is too much fun. And it, <laughs> some of it, because I, I come from the world of education, uh, that I just left there, actually. Um, there's a lot <laughs> to creating a program. Um, I, I was I was cursorily involved in a couple of different times that where they trying to, to to create a program, and not only is there a, a fair amount of heavy lifting, but depending on the state, there's also a fair amount of, of state regulation that you have to, you know, hoops to jump jump through, as it were. So uh, that yeah. may be what's up, and some of it also may be resources. I know that Infocom um, has made available to any institution really that's that wants to um, their classes and their curriculum to help you know kind of uh, grease the wheels and, and prime the pump for a program like that but there's not a, a lot that have taken advantage of that like I said there are a number of associates degrees but but not aware of any uh, any bachelors so and and that said I mean AV is in a, a really interesting time like where we are maturing you know and we're yeah. starting to learn from other industries out there in terms of quality and engineering and bringing up the, the best of the best and you know I mean even interface design graphic design you know I'm I'm more of a a, a a testing integrated type of guy, but what you guys do, I mean, the iPod and the iPad and everything like that must have just blown your industry, you know, your your hair back essentially, because instead of being the VCR guy, instead of putting just all the VCR commands on a screen, now the 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 really good programmers had to sit back and say, well, do they really need the the I don't know some wacky function that no one will ever touch or should I clean the screen up and, and make it just easy to use you know and so I think Steve Jobs did something great for you as, as well as probably made your jobs harder because now people expect to not have to read a manual yeah and and they just want to go to a complex system and have it intuitive to use <clears throat> and and basically the the expectations are already set so you know what used to be we were follow windows now became we're following what we want it to be as easy as my iPhone, yeah. Yeah. and and that we that, that's been asked for just so much, and and that's a good thing as long as they put it into perspective that an AV system is not your iPhone, and I could show people how an iPhone can be confusing too if you get enough apps and you don't organize them properly. Well, yeah, and if the interface isn't you know created in an intuitive way, so. Dan said something I want to I want to hit off on real quick. He said that that uh, ba I'm paraphrasing here, Dan, that not all programmers are created equally, right? And that's true. Um, I, I've gone through a process where I was talking with some folks about my personal programming skills, and I um, they asked who the best programmer I was, and and uh, I, I named one of the gentlemen on this call, and they I said they're a ten, and I'm like a five or a six. So Dan, we'll start with you. 
how do you how do you pick first question that we'll start with this one what makes a good programmer how, how, what would you say is your ideal candidate for a, a good programmer maybe not the best in the world but a good solid you know uh, programmer for just a control system in general well I, I think to be any kind of programmer it's, it's just a given you have to have the basic skills uh, of understanding the language and the constructs and, and what's capable within within those parameters. Uh, beyond that, it, it goes into problem-solving ability. Your ability to look at something and look at, at a an issue, break it down to the root problem, not just solve a symptom, but understand what what is the real underlying issue that we're trying to solve here, and then, then come up with the cleanest, best software solution to, to solve that problem. Uh, and that goes to what Jim was saying, the best solution to for somebody to use their AV system is not a big cluttered screen with every possible function on it. So trying to put yourself in the, in the end user's role of how is this going to be used is probably the most important thing. Uh, the best programmers sometimes aren't, don't create the best user interfaces because they're they're too far from the end user and they they think they would want every possible function on their screen and they're not the end user and so so I think the best skill is to be able to put yourself in the role of who's actually using your your product and you know and that's what we've always tried to do and the people who aren't successful at it are the people who think they know better than the end user but they're not the ones who are going to use it so it doesn't matter what they know and you know, so again, so the guy with who got a 4.0 from a top engineering school maybe isn't the best AV programmer. Maybe the guy who went to uh, a smaller school or a community college even, but tinkered on the side and always loved taking things apart when they were younger, uh, you know, and has has some kind of understanding of how hardware exists in the world uh, and not just software. Uh, I, I think they tend to be the best. Uh, the best programs, especially for the AV world. Can I quote you when, when saying that that maybe they're not, they're not the best uh, <laughs> the best designer for AV systems? <laughs> <clears throat> not that I've ever dealt with anyone like that. So, uh, yeah. Steve, <laughs> uh, moving on. Hey, hey, for you, I mean, you 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 run a, a fairly large company full of programmers. You you you've you've hired uh, a number of them. What what is it that that you're looking for for the best uh, uh, AV uh, programmer? I, I definitely agree with what Dan said. I, I think you have to have a passion for this. You have to have a genuine interest. You have to want to take it home. It really is something that, that you, you really enjoy. You want to, you want to play with this stuff. And, and that's, that's what I found. Somebody who, who sees a, an opportunity and sees a system and says, well, here, I programmed it one way, but I'm going to program it four more times just to see different ways of approaching it and what might be the best thing how, how and 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 can it also be a human uh, um, interface type of a person that that can understand somebody's needs be able to communicate well and um, and and be able to to kind of see themselves in the place of the user you know what one thing that somebody said to me once is, how, how many of your own systems that you program have you used? And I thought that that was a really interesting challenge to put out there. And, and I, I don't think we get enough of that opportunity. Um, but, uh, you know, to, the, the, so, so what I do is, is I always try to ask um, the people that I interview, uh, what do you like 
to do for fun and and you know what what how, how do you use electronics in your daily life you know, it really has to be somebody who who's who's invested in 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 somehow in, in electronics and and in uh, using programming not just to to be able to to get a job done but but because they're passionate about it and and to piggyback off that I, I think the best uh, programmers are the people who see the entire picture they're also good designers and good installers because you know, it, it's one thing to create the user interface, it's one thing to get the program done, but you've got to put it into a living system. And mm -hmm. so the programmers who know the boxes, who know the devices they're talking to, and who know just the, engi the AV engineering will be able to troubleshoot and get a system up and running a lot faster than someone who just has their head in the program. Absolutely. I, I always felt that a good technician who had the desire could, would be a great programmer. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if they if they have the you know the wherewithal to do it. Uh, Rich, you you have uh, you know you you call yourself a digital concierge, which is all encompassing, like like Jim said. So if you were to recreate yourself or or to you have someone you know that that you need to you know bring up under you, what are you looking for when you when you're you know hit you know hiring or 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 looking for an intern? Well, I mean, we we've done in the past. I mean, we've I've had larger um, consulting companies and and contract programming companies. And one of our first hires that we brought in, you know, when we focused on the residential market, we hired a graphic designer who had no programming skills whatsoever. Her ability and the reason why we hired her was she had designed our company logo. She was able to sit down with us, relate, figure out how to get us from point A to point B relate the technical side of what she did to us in a very easy manner and then provide a deliverable. At that point, that really struck home for us on what we do as an industry. We, we create relationships between electronics and people. And it's a, it, we're in such a niche industry. And I don't like to use this term often, but much of what we are trying to teach people who come into this industry is a trade. They're, they're craftsmen. You know, in the same way that you have an electrician or a carpenter, it, it's we just work in bits and bytes, and that's reality. We're we're not so far flung. We're a software developers where we're just building these huge databases which handle your transaction at the supermarket. You know that that's not what we do. We are are an extension of you know again the the old slide projector and walking in with the AV card when we really are. And, and sometimes I, I laugh is we almost take ourselves too seriously over it. Because at the end of the day, that's still what we're doing. We're creating ways for people to interact in their company, in their home, and to get either information out or information in. And when I sit with people and, and I talk about what we do and if this is what they do. My, my wife um, teaches high school in, in the inner city. And so I have a lot of um, inner city kids in Oakland who I mentor. And part of what we talk about is that there are, yes, there's the route where people can take, which is the Googles and the Yahoos and and all of these wonderful startups. You know, I, I live in the heart of Silicon Valley, so everybody's here to work for a startup, right? That's everybody's dream right now. It, it is the digital gold rush right now. So you have this entire group of people who are coming in and saying, I'm going to get my uh, software developing degree. I'm going to get my comp sci degree. I'm going to come in, I'm going to find the right startup, and three months from now I'm going to get my VC money, and we're going to make 74 gazillion dollars. Okay. When you really look at the numbers, it's, 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 the, it's the programming equivalent of going to work 
of, of trying to make it in the NBA, right? You're the point oh 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 one percent of everybody who's gone through this process. So let's take a look at that and say that is a wonderful route that you may take and that may be part of where you take your career. There's also different routes that you can take and let me show you what we do. And and that's when I sit down with these students and we talk is that there's a lot of fun to be had. And, and that, that, you know, again, it comes back to that. It's, it's fun. You are not going to necessarily be in a cubicle and sit there and write command line code all day long just to make sure that that unit accepts Visa and MasterCard. Okay, we're going to have something where you've got a 40-seat theater in somebody's house or you've got something that when somebody walks in, everything follows them around or in, you know, an executive boardroom. You know, you get to do the stuff that the people who run these companies, you know, walk in and at the end of the day, they go, that was cool. That was fun. And it's it's part of relating that story to them first and then moving on to the next part, which is here are all of the different skill sets that are required to get from here. Programming may be something that you have an aptitude for, but your program is only going to take you so far if you don't understand what it does. Once you understand what it does, then the next step becomes how it affects people. Uh, everything that you guys were talking about earlier, it, it really is. It's just, again, like I said, since our industry, we, we, we have this inferiority complex, I think, at times. It's like we, we don't want to talk about how cool it is what we do. Um, you know, you head into these meetings and you'll meet somebody who just came from, you know, an Ivy League engineering program or the MIT or something. That was their choice. That was their field. That's great. What we do is very special and it, it's a niche market. And there's great things about the niche. It's the same thing that, you know, somebody in residential who is that craftsman, you know, who is very good at that one specific thing. And that's what, you know, I try to convey is that you can pick one thing. And within that one thing, there's 10 other things that you get to do if you like learning, if you like being part of a team. And, and that's really it. And, and the biggest key is that, you know, again, a lot of program, you know, quote unquote programmers, you know, I don't know if we necessarily employ a lot of programmers, realistically speaking. You know, I mean, if you look at the definition of it, we write um, purpose driven code is the term that I use. We write something that, you know, using the tools that are given by any X manufacturers, we take that and then it is assembled using our structure for a purpose and that purpose tends to be a physical action in the real world yeah so with that what you know we're explaining is that you know it, it's it's you are going to be part of a larger team no matter what you do even if we do have you sitting over to the side and you're just writing simple code or amex code or extron code or whatever you are going to have to interact with people at some point in time because this is going to be part of something that the public or a homeowner is going to use. And so hopefully they like dealing with people, they like being part of the team environment and and working their way through. And so it's, um, it, again, like I said, a big thing right now is, is um, absolutely making sure that our passion as, as this first, kind of this first generation handing it down, um, is we kind of figured it out on our own. We made an industry out of nothing. I mean, we really did. I mean, it, this industry didn't really exist in this nature 30 years ago. Hmm. You know, everything all came together at once, and we've been the pioneers of it. And we've, a lot of us have the battle scars to prove it. Um, so this next generation coming up, they don't necessarily have to fight those as difficult a battle when they go into a residence or they go into a boardroom. So their tool set has to be a little bit different at this point, which is now that you're part of an established industry, what are the parts of it that you like? And if your aptitude matches it, 
will find places for you. I mean, that's the kind of way I look at it. Is you know, you get somebody bright and motivated. If they have the comp side degree, fantastic. Um, but because so much of what we do is purpose driven, there's a lot of tools that we can teach from the basic programming structure, which is logic driven and problem solving, that can get most of them up to speed. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still remember my very first uh, programming class. Uh, was actually a Crestron class uh, taught by my 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 friend uh, Kevin A. Selly. I sat there the entire first day with my jaw open, going, "I can do this. I can control this and this and this." And by the end of the three days, I was I was absolutely hooked. So, uh, so I I tell that story because you know Kevin's a good teacher and you know uh, he did he does good things. So, uh, all right, uh, this is the time part of the store of the of the uh, podcast where you guys can take a drink and I get to talk about uh, another really cool product. Our, our, our sponsor for the month and for the next couple of months actually is Middle Atlantic Products. Middle Atlantic has, uh, they have a new uh, product called the TechPed. It basically, uh, a couple years ago at Infocom, they released their credenza, which is a really nice, fancy schmancy uh, table, uh, credenza with a, a rack built in. Well, this is that, only it's a table. Um, I told the story a couple times where, you know, a couple months ago we programmed a system and we're still waiting to put it in because they were creating custom millwork. Had I known about this product then, I would have specced it. Uh, so you've got two legs or one. It's entirely up to you. Um, if you look at the, if you're watching the video, you can see how, how they have it laid out or you can go to the to the website uh, if you'd like it. You can go to our website, avnation.tv. There's a link there. Or you can go straight to middleatlantic.com forward slash avnation hyphen techped middleatlantic.com forward slash avnation hyphen techped you can find all of the colors and all of the everything about the techped technology pedestal tons of finishes all sorts of other things there's a power uh, additions you can have wire mold uh, cable retractors uh this is just a really cool product and i'm really really excited about it and i'm actually very excited to see it uh, at infocom this year so check them out if you would please middleatlantic.com forward slash avnation hyphen techped Middle Atlantic products, what great systems are built on. Uh, all right, guys, we've been talking about what uh, what makes a good programmer, what makes, you know, whether it's the passion or it's the aptitude, the logic and everything like that. I, I want to take an exercise real quick, and this actually is on the notes, so I apologize. Steve, I'm going to use you as a guinea pig so the other three can think about it. I want to create a programming class. I want to create a programming program. Uh, a full-on bachelor's degree, right? Uh, I'll take it to MIT or to Georgetown University, or I'm in Illinois, so I'll take it to the University of Illinois. Uh, go Illini. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to create this this programming degree? What is it that we want these people, the, these men and women coming out uh, of the four-year degree with a bachelor's degree and AV programming skills to have? Um, you know, you're going to have obviously the the stuff that we've already talked about, but from a realistic standpoint, what what is it that we're going to going to teach them? So, Mr. Greenblatt, we'll kick it off with you. What is it that we want uh, we want them to know? Um, okay, let me, let me give <laughs> give this a shot. Uh, so, so I, th I think the the first thing is to be able to to know enough about AV and systems as possible. Um, you know, to to be able to to, to understand how things go together, how to read drawings, how the different pieces of equipment work. Because if you don't know that, then you don't know what you're programming. Um, the, the second thing is to be able to understand logic in, in some way. So, uh, you know, if thens, some gates, some type of, of uh, Boolean logic, uh, you know, ons and offs and so forth. Um, have a little bit of, 
uh, mix in some 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 line code, some um, you know communication uh, de device um, protocol, being able to to understand how how uh, the different devices speak to each other per se, you know, and then uh, and then probably a heavy dose of networking. I think that that's that's uh, a lot of what we we need to know about as well, um, you know. So so one thing I was going to add before when we were talking is mm -hmm. that. I think more important than knowing a programming language is knowing how you want the system to work. So, so one of the things that we do, we try to put to people before they actually get to a keyboard, and this is something that both, both I learned and, and then took it a little further, is to be able to map out how you want your system to work, write it out in English or some, some type of pseudocode, and then if you can get that down, then translating it to a programming language is is just uh, a skill. It's like like learning a foreign language, but really understanding how you want your system to work and 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 thinking about all of the the what ifs and if thens and so forth. I, I think that's that's the skill that we need to build. So so it's that in co combination with really understanding AV systems. Okay, that's that's fair enough. Very good job, by the way. Off, off the cuff. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Dan. For you, for, as a as a control uh, programming or as a control manufacturer, uh, besides the obvious, you know, you want them to learn simple and you know all that jazz. Um, <laughs> don't say studio because we'll just make fun of you. Uh, <laughs> um, but besides that, you know, all joking aside, what as a manufacturer, what do you want these these uh, these programmers to know coming out of our our fictitious four year degree? Well. I'll take it a little different direction. I don't know that there should be a, de a specialized degree. Okay. Um, in the in the infancy infancy of this industry, trans transitioning from VCR repair to to high level programming and very sophisticated systems, we had this vision of having these uh, these one stop shop people who could go in, could talk to customers, could understand what they needed design the system, program it, uh, draw the user interface, do all that stuff. And there's a handful of people out there who can do all that. Uh, to grow it to the next level, I, d I don't think there's that many people like that or enough people like that to really fill an industry. I, I think what you have to do is look at it more from creating more of a team environment. It, for example, when we create a product, we don't have one engineer do the mechanical design, the electrical, uh, do the circuit board and do the firmware and write the user, uh, the interface tool. It's a team of people that work together. They have specialty skills and they're able to bring it all together. So I think if, if you have that person who can go out, talk to the end user, understand what they really want, let them then develop a spec, then you have a programming team that then works on a user interface off of that spec, works on a program off of that spec. And I think, you know, and I think that's why there isn't a degree for it because there aren't enough people on the planet who can actually draw a pretty touch panel and write the program behind it and talk to a customer. Uh, I think it's too few and far between to create an industry out of those types of people. And we're grateful when we can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and run a business on top of and that. And run a business on top of Okay, so let, let's take it a different way. Let, let's say that we, we split this degree and we say you are the graphic designer because you know, Rich mentioned the fact that he has, that's one of his employees. He has a graphic designer because they make the pretty pictures. Uh, because honestly, I, I know some really good uh, really good uh, CSPs now. It used to be CAPES, you know, independent uh, Crestron programmers and independent AMX programmers. 
here in St. Louis. And they do make their own graphics and their own interfaces. And God love them. Their, their back end, their programming is spot on. But their touch panels are ugly. <laughs> They're just horrible. <laughs> um, and I won't mention names. But, you know, let's let's split this degree up. You know, let's let's say you know, we have a graphic design section where that's that that's their their forte. And maybe they're also the people who who uh, who talk to the, the client because typically artsy people are are more sociable than than uh, than logic and programming types. Um, so let's let's take the from from the, the programming side of it. Uh, Jim, is this is, who is it that we're talking to then? Who, who is it that we're trying to recruit into this into this fictitious uh, degree? Well, I mean, so I, 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 I'm going to go out on a limb and say for the larger projects, for the larger clients, I think you do need to split it up just uh, because of, of a man hour issues. Okay. But in AV integration, um, a lot of firms take that path where the engineers do the engineering, the uh, installers do the installing, and, and it's very separate. The issue becomes when you're putting it together, you know, if you talk to an installer and you have an engineering question, they say, give me a day, I've got to talk to my engineering team, and then it just kind of spirals out of control because there's the telephone game where the installer didn't really quite understand the question, he misinterpreted it to the engineer, and she gave a wrong answer or something like that, so it just gets very complicated. When you have a team of highly skilled, um, highly equipped individuals, they can make things happen. So you might have a forte in programming, but I think you need to know at least some graphics just to make those on-the-fly um, changes. Yeah. You know, so I, I think you, you you know, it, it, is, is, it, is it a master of one trade or is it a, a you know, a, a jack of all trades and a master of none? I, I, I think you need to have some skills to, to make the customer happy in the breadth of it. Um, and then to add on, I, I forget who said it, but we also need to look at project management. We also need to look at quality, you know, and because the majority of programmers, I think, are smaller firms, you know, everyone is going to be wearing a lot of hats. Uh, so you, you, you do need to know how to run your own program uh, projects. You, you know, you, you have to think about some financial stuff um, and, and, and play that project manager role. Uh, so I guess I didn't really answer the question, but I'll put it back to you. Um, on your projects, as programmers, what's the split of user interface versus program? Is it 50-50? Is it 75% interface, 25% programming? Like, where where do you see the the, the meat of the work being? Well, Rich, I'll, I'll let you uh, kick off that one. But what where do you see the the majority of yours uh, time? You, you know, I I would say the the first question, the, the first answer to that is it depends. I think it depends first on how you've structured your company. I think there's companies who focus more on the repeatable, um, you know, 40 classrooms, 20 boardrooms, and what winds up happening with, with, with that where, say, if you're working in a corporate situation or a campus situation, you're going to have generally an established look or a framework to work within. That's either working with somebody within the corporation or you're partnered with or with a consultant and so your UI requirements may be less at that point because really what you're working about worried about is scalability and repeatability and consistency and, and keeping them all interconnected. I think in residential we have um, again that same that same differentiation. I think that there's a price point where you can only afford to operate in that configurable world where here's your a la carte list 
here are two or three different styles that we offer. And at that point, really what's happening is you're not necessarily programming. You're more or less just assembling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a different trend, whereas, you know, in my niche where I'm on the ultra side of, of the high-end resi, um, it's, it, it's, it's a bespoke system at that point. So it, when you're in, in moving into those layers, actually the UI moves more, I feel, towards like a 60 or 70 um, because that's what they're going to be interacting with the entire time. Yeah. So you're more focused about flow. Is it intuitive? Does it relate to them? Not does it relate to me, but does it relate within there? Does the color palette match? Um, you know, is everybody else who's part of the design team on board with this? I mean, there's so many other elements because you are making it a personal statement as opposed to a commodity. Um, and then the code really, you know, the, the running joke that we've had is that really 20% of our code just makes stuff work. 80% just keeps it from breaking. You know, <laughs> that's what we spend all our time doing. And uh, so I, I, I think that, you know, part of it is when you are seeking somebody out, it's, it's also looking at your, your industry and your model and, and how are you focusing. You know, if your core business is, you know, on that repeatability, that scalability, then you're looking for somebody who has more project management and organizational skills. Because what they're going to be doing is they're generally going to be working with others and and repeating what's already been there and then making some tweaks. If you're moving towards the other side and again towards that bespoke type system, then you do need somebody who is going to be operating more of as as a jack of all trades because you can't afford to just pigeonhole them at that point because they, there's not going to be enough projects for them to just keep kicking it out and kicking it out and kicking it out. You need somebody who can do double duty, who does graphics work, who does help with the production side, who maybe helps with the CAD side. I mean, all these other elements that that are incorporated with, with that project. And that's what's really cool about our industry. It's all still built on the same framework. You know, I mean, the parts and the SKUs are all still the same. You know, we're still using a... Crestron XYZ and AMX123 and Extron ABC, but it's where the deliverables come out. And, and, and so again, you know, it, it's like anything else. It becomes a matter of who are you hiring and what are you hiring for. It's, and, um, you know, and right now I, I think that there is an engineering drain. I mean, and again, in Silicon Valley, we see it a lot. They're, you know, the, the top engineering schools are drawing everybody here. Why? Because we're competing with the startup market. We're competing with the VC market. We're competing with the established, um, you know, not even the PC industry, but now just the technology industry as a whole. And, you know, it's, it's you know, I, I, you can't necessarily spend 160 grand, you know, to hire somebody straight out of their four-year comp sci degree. You know, I mean, our industry numbers just don't relate. We're, we're a decimal correction point in the greater, yeah. you know, um, uh, computer industry. So, you know, part of it, like I said, you know, for me, where I've had the best luck is people coming from the arts, you know. People who kind of came from my background, from film, film and television. You know, people who did go to, you know, video production school or, you know, film production or who, or music. You know, people who already have that intrinsic love because they wouldn't be involved with it otherwise and generally have that ability to bridge that left brain and right brain. And, and, and again, so... But for me, that's the kind of people that I get along with. And so it's also a reason why I don't have, you know, a larger company like Steve's where, again, it's purpose-driven. You, you know, you got to get in, you got to get out, and you have to be specialized, you know. So it, it really depends on if you're a under 10 or a 20 or a 50-person company, you know, your, your needs set is going to be different. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. One like quick was one quick question uh, as we as we wrap up here at the NSCA uh, Business Leadership uh, Council uh, at uh, in Vegas, not in Vegas, good lord, in, in Dallas this year. I was having a conversation with a couple of gentlemen, and, and one of them made the comment that he would rather have a programmer fresh out of college because then they could teach AV to an IT or a programming centric uh, student rather than trying to teach. IT and, and, and the, the IT-centric nature of, of our industry as, as it's be, becoming that, you know, quickly, quickly to an established programmer, to an established AV professional. And, and I, I thought about that, in a, and I, it's something that it still sticks in the back of my head because, again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer that, that fresh student out of school. I, I am the old, you know, the old AV professional now. So I'm going to ask each of you just real quickly in turn, would you rather have a fresh brain to mold and, and, and around AV that's that's IT centric, uh, or would you rather you know take a, an established AV professional and try to teach them uh, IT and try to teach them Simple Plus and or you know um, I say Simple Plus because that you know it's one of the Crestron languages, but they're also moving into um, C Sharp and other languages as well. And AMX has a as a programming language that's that's primarily driven by by C Plus and and um, others. So would you rather take a, a fresh mind and, or a young mind, I guess, uh, that's more centered around IT and teach them AV, or would you rather take an AV professional and try to teach them, teach them IT? Dan, we'll start off with you uh, because, uh, well, you're the guy on my left on my screen. So, Well, it certainly depends on the individual. Uh, there's plenty of people who have been in this industry for a very long time who, who have the ability to reinvent themselves every few years, stay on top of all the latest technology and everything that's happening but I think everyone knows that the majority of people can't and and a lot of people they they can't get out of that comfort zone they can't change what they know how to do so I think on the overall it's probably easier to take somebody who has uh, who has those basic building blocks of knowledge and and teach them the specifics than to try to teach somebody else some of the get back to some of those basic core programming and, and IT uh, tenants, uh, you know, again, uh, each individual is different. But if you're gonna take it, take an average of everybody, I, I think it's probably easier to start with some uh, fresh meat, as it were. Okay. All right, Jim, for you, uh, an an old dog or a or a new dog, as it were. Uh, I I think AV is so widespread. Uh, and and IT and networking is a lot more standards based. So I would prefer uh, to teach networking to an AV guy, just because I, I I think it would be a much more straight path. And you know, in in the IT world, it, it's uh, it's pre-engineered systems, right? Yeah. And so they have no trouble telling a client, no, I'm sorry, this product doesn't do it. But in the <laughs> AV world, you know, we're 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 all nice guys. Can you make it do this? Yeah, sure. We can figure it out, and that's where we all lose money, right? So, I, I, no, I think, that's that's where the programming comes in. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, so I, I, I think AV with that wacky path that people take with it is is a lot more difficult to learn, and networking you could uh, you could you could sort it out. It'll take a special person, yes. but I, I think it's more straight. I, I, I never thought of this, but, but we've learned today that, that AV professionals are nicer than IT professionals. So. Definitely. Yeah. All right, Mr. Fergoza, uh, uh, an established AV professional teaching them IT or an IT pro, and you got to teach them AV. Which one do you want? 
who can I get cheaper? Oh, no, come on. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Says the business owner. Uh, you know, I, as someone who's done both, um, I, I would, I would venture to say at this point, um, for me, I would, I would like the opportunity to see if I could train somebody coming from an IT background into our industry. Um, that, and again, and the, and the fact is, is that I, I'm, I was a lot more, um, foolhardy when I was in my 20s and, and you know, willing to, if I got an idea or wanted to go nuts when I was in my 20s to spend the entire night, you know, working through the night on just some crazy idea, um, just because it would be fun. Um, at 40 with the wife and two kids and a mortgage and everything else, you know, I, uh, I, I can't really necessarily pull that same time. And I, and I think that, you know, like, uh, uh, the others were saying is that it, you know it, it, could you get somebody who is an established industry person and do absolutely you know there's tons of people out there that could do it would they want to start all over again basically because that's really what you're asking them to do is you're asking them to really start at an entry level position again um, because it's something that's completely unfamiliar to them um, you know a, a more established person is going to be a whole they're not going to have necessarily the greater majority of them aren't going to have as much of an interest to do it and I think somebody new coming out of school is going to be a whole lot more willing to say, yeah, I'll give it six months and just put everything on it. And again, it's part of the startup culture. You know, it's just like, you know, when you're in your 20s, it's your time to go ahead and experiment and push. And if it doesn't work out for you, you can do it again. And and that's, you know, it, which is a double-edged sword. Because if mm -hmm. you're not keeping their interests and you're not able to keep them on the right path, you're going to lose them too. So, you know, it's not only a matter of getting them in, sometimes it's a matter of retaining them. And sometimes with newer people, you have a harder time retaining them for that reason as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, Mr. Greenblatt, you've got the last word on this. You want, a, you want an old dog or you want a new dog to train? So, so you, you, I, I, you let the cat out of the bag on this one to me uh, previously. Yeah. So, uh, and the way I interpreted it is more actually looking on, uh, from a physical standpoint rather than a software standpoint. So I was thinking you need to know networking, you need to know the, how things communicate together, you need to know the hardware, and the future is, is IT. So that, that was kind of where I was going with mm -hmm. it. Uh, but, but certainly, you know, the, the, the appreciation for AV, you can't, can't take that for granted. And, uh, but but I, I would say the, the IT is where, is where the future is. Okay, absolutely. All right, I, I don't have a, well, as, as an old dog, I would rather you take an old dog, but I understand the, the wanting to do, uh, you know, wanting to train the, the fresh IT professional. So, all right, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for your time with us has been uh, Dan Feldstein. Dan is the uh, COO of Crestron Electronics. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Uh, where can people find either you or, or Crestron? I guess the best way to get to us is www.crestron.com. And uh, I think we have a Twitter feed or some of that social media stuff too, but. <laughs> Crestron HQ at Crestron HQ is your is your Twitter feed, or or you can follow follow Ven you know Crestron Ven who's always you know Vincent Bruno who's you know he's always fun to follow so thank yeah. you thank you again sir, uh, thank you. Jim Maltese uh, the president and CEO of of uh, Audiovisual Resources thank you sir thank you for, this was fantastic uh, where can people find you or or your company 
Uh, you can hit me up at, at Jimmy Maltese on Twitter or avres, A-V-R-E-S dot com. Okay. And also people can, can if they'd like to uh, hear more from you, at least over the course of three days, they can catch you at the Infocom uh, CTSD prep class uh, at Infocom 2014 this year, right? Absolutely. It's, it's an action-packed class for people uh, looking to take the CTSD test immediately afterwards. So you, you won't even need coffee to stay awake because it, it's a, it's a, it's a white-knuckled ride. Yeah, well, <laughs> I need to do that again. So that's a, yeah, anyhow, it was a bad experience last time I took my D. Uh, Mr. Fergoza, Rich Fergoza, FergozaDesign.com. Where can people find you, sir? Uh, scattered around the interwebs. Um, best place, probably Twitter, at rfergosa. You can find me on my website, Fergosa Design, uh, the Google Pluses, the Facebooks. Uh, and uh, also coming back and hopefully making a uh, storming back in on CE Pro where uh, I'll be bringing some more coverage for you over the next coming months. Yay! So, CEPro.com. CEPro, there you go. CEPro.com. Stop it. <laughs> uh, last but not least, Steve Greenblatt, thank you, sir, the head, uh, the head of everything at Control Concepts. Uh, where can people find you? Well, thanks for another great show. Goodbye. Um, I can be found uh, at controlconcepts.net. That's our company site. Uh, Twitter is at Steve Greenblatt, uh, LinkedIn, and so forth, just Steve Greenblatt. And uh, well, one quick thing that, mm -hmm. that we're doing for Infocom, uh, for technology managers, we're actually putting together a little bit of a, an education event. And uh, for anybody interested, just reach out to me, and I'll get you some info. Very it's cool. called Tech Talk. So. And it's on uh, Tuesday night, right? Yeah, Tuesday the 17th. June yes. 17th in, in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, my name is Tom Albright. Don't follow me. I'm not very interesting. Go by the website, though, if you would, please. They've uh, spent an awful lot of time on and effort on it. Avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Uh, we have a weekly uh, AV apps program with Phil Cordell and Matt Scott. They review AV apps every week. Crazy as it sounds. Uh, a social me media and marketing show called AV Social Live Life, which is live staging and events, all sorts of programs. Our weekly is called AV Week, uh, simply because I couldn't think of anything better to call it. Uh, it's our weekly uh, wrap-up of, of news and information. And uh, actually, I think this is the first show that we're saying this on. We will be at Infocom. We will have a fancy-smancy booth. We will be at N217N217 uh, is our booth. Come by and say, hey, uh, I'll be there. Steve will be there. I think I'm going to be able to, to horn Mr. Fergoza, just kind of grab him and you know kidnap him from CE Pro. Uh, but a host of others will be there. George uh, Tucker will be there, Matt Scott, all, all the regular gang. And we're having an AV Tweeps tweet up, which will be Wednesday, uh, June 18th from 4.30 to 6.30. We'll put more of that on the website. Avionation.tv. Avionation.tv. This, of course, is brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products and their TechPed technology pedestals. Middle Atlantic Products, what great systems are built on. Thanks so much for listening and watching. This has been a state of control. <laughs> <laughs>